Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Unionist Timely Talk, Season 1, Episode 4. We have two special guests with us today. Before I introduce them, I want to let everyone know that this is an open platform. This is not about Democrat or Republican. So we want to let everyone know that they all have a plat- have an opportunity. They're more than welcome to come sit with us. But once again, let me introduce the panel. Once again, we have Mr. Alex Tucker, Ms. Anastasia Booker, Mr. TJ Booker, and then to my left, Right up here at the front, we have community activist, Mr. Jared Smith. And also we have Tom McAbee, the Republican candidate of Union County Sheriff. How are you gentlemen doing? Doing fine. Okay. I first want to start off by saying I want to thank you gentlemen for taking the time to come sit with us because a lot of times we've had a discussion is that come around, come election time, when we walk into these polls, we just vote and we don't necessarily know who we're voting for. We don't necessarily see the people we're voting for and we just elect them blindly, not knowing what they're gonna do for us. And then sometimes when we're, when we're, when we're shorthanded, we don't know. It's, it's kind of like we don't hold ourselves accountable and like take the time to get to know these people in our community. So we definitely felt like this is a great opportunity for you gentlemen to come on and Mr. McAbee also express yourself and let the people know and see you and also hear your voice because it's definitely something we use this platform for the voice of the people. So starting out, the first thing I would like to know is what was it that made you decide to run for Union County Sheriff? I saw something that honestly I wasn't happy about. I saw an office that needed change. And a lot of times we talk about change and out in the community we talk about how this needs to happen, that needs to happen. But in, for, and, but in order for change to take place, you've actually got to take action and do something about it. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to say that this needs to happen or that needs to happen, and another thing to stand up and say, fine, I'm going to make that change that's needed. And I just felt like it was time. It's time for new blood, new ideas, and it's time to represent a new generation in transformational leadership. And I feel like I'm the best candidate for that. So one more question for me, and then I'll kick it to my panel. So as we get close to the election, it's, it's right around the corner. How are you feeling like leading up to it? I'm feeling positive about it. You know, I stepped out earlier in February and made this decision to run. Mm-hmm. And I knew that as a Republican, running as a Republican, a moderate conservative, I knew that a lot of people would say, well, you're already behind the odds simply because of an old way and an old mindset of how we vote here locally. Since then, being in the community and talking to those out in the community, they are expressing to me that they're ready for change. And it has helped me stay strong in moving forward with what I believed originally, that this was the right thing to do. Absolutely. Alice, I'll go ahead and kick it to you. Okay. Well, gentlemen, it's a pleasure to uh, have you guys. Uh, my first question, and I would like both for you to answer, you know, born and raised in Union, like I actually you know where you guys from. Tell me, what is Union County to you two? You can go first, Tom. What is Union, let me rephrase that. What does Union mean to you? Union is home. This is where I was raised. This is where I went to school. Union to me at this time means potential. It means that in its name and in and of itself, Union. We have great communities, and you couldn't think of a better name for a town. Mm-hmm. It's just time to tap into mm-hmm. that and get the communities more involved. And Union is home. I'm, I just want to protect it as such. Union is small. 
uh, union is, is close knit, uh, you can go to Walmart and call somebody's name and somebody know that person. You can go to a church and somebody know you from another church. You can work at this establishment and somebody know you at that establishment. Union is so close knit, but at the same time, we are divided on certain things or certain issues. And with the sheriff race, uh, supervisor, and any other leaders of Union County, they will help to put the people first and put the power back to the people. Putting the power back to the people, you, you actually, I love that. And what happens is the power is in the vote. Right. You know, so when you put the power back into the vote, you get out, you got to vote instead of waiting people, waiting on people just to do things. That's right. So even when it comes to your county council, mm -hmm. if those guys are not doing what they need to do to represent you, they get elected, but they're elected to be a voice for for their district. That's right. So mm -hmm. that's what's going to have to happen. Uh, so that we can be connected. We're going to have to hold them accountable right. to make sure that, hey, if you hold Ward 1, I mean, uh, uh, District 1, you hold this, you represent what the people of District 1 wants, not what the entities or the power that be want, but you got to hold what's best for our community. And that's what we got to do with this podcast this time we talk. That's why we got Tom here and hopefully the other sheriff candidates who decided to come here. The one that reached out, he was the one that said, hey, I want to come. So that speaks volumes. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Brother, Brother TJ, let me show you. Uh, it started before um, the voting election. Uh, people need to be out here getting to know these two candidates. Mm -hmm. they, 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 they need to get involved. And then after you vote, it don't stop there. No. Some people think after after you did your, do the vote let that's it. It, 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 it stopped. No. In the next four years, you have to hold your elected officials accountable. Yeah, absolutely. And, and at the same time, the elected officials have to stay in tune with the people to union county because we know that most elected officials you don't see them but every four years. Yeah, and to that, to that, I'd like to add this to what you were saying, TJ. When you see something that doesn't seem right to you and you don't feel like you're represented, I encourage anyone to do what I felt compelled to do, run, change it. If you truly want change in your community and in your hometown, stand up and make that decision. To what you just said a few moments ago, the slogan in my campaign is a run with me. Okay, everybody knows that. I'm here to tell you something. I will not stop running on November 3rd. I will not stop running on November 4th. I will continue to run that office as if I'm running for sheriff every day, because that's what you're supposed to do. Accountability is very important, and you have to be holding yourself accountable to the people that have voted you in, and you can't forget that. And to me, I feel like that's very important. If you want change, stand up for change. Don't just talk about it, whether it be at a restaurant, at church, out in the community, stand up. Make that decision. Take that step forward. If you want change, make it. Oh, back to me then. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm going to ramble them off then. So, gentlemen, um, Union County, right? Obviously, we have stigmas about us, right? We have a... Uh, to other cities, we are behind. With our police force, as sheriff, what are you going to change? What, what, 
what does a new county, Union County, look like to you? A new Union County to me looks like updating that office. In my opinion, I believe that we are literally 30 years behind. Yeah. I went to work for a university police department. And let me tell you something. We had just as many officers on campus, and I'm talking about actual law enforcement officers on campus, than we did here on the county and on the road. We had computers in the car. We were able to park somewhere and do reports, not have to go back to an office off the road to get these things completed. This small department had the tools needed, the necessary training needed to continue to not only better ourselves, but to better the community in which we served. It was a teamwork and family atmosphere. That is what a Union County Sheriff's Office is in my administration, in this administration. It's about teamwork. It's about community. It's about getting the tools and the training we need to make not only Union County a safer place, but to make sure people go home safe at night and that you feel better about the communities you live in. Okay. okay. Uh, big topic in the nation, defund the police. Why? Oftentimes people say, well, the police will get more tools and more stuff. That means that they can better get us, that they can get us better, right? Why? I get why we should fund you so you can do your job better, right? But how does that help the citizens of Union County? Like putting money to our department, our sheriff's department, whether then our schools, our parks, our uh, utility bill, like why do you guys need money? It's like I said a moment ago. When we talk about defund the police, let's talk about that for a moment. What does defund mean to you? So with defund, and, I, and by the way, I don't, I don't support defunding the police, right? Because I know that if uh, anything happened, I only can protect myself and I need somebody to protect me, right? You right, know, right. so uh, I believe that we should fund more training, more, 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 more self-awareness, more situational training, more psychological training. I, I believe that that should be a better screening process for interviewing your candidates. You know, that there was a crazy statistic that come out that, you know, beauticians go to school longer than uh, police officers, right. you know? Mm -hmm. So that, that, that's kind of alarming there. So that's why I said, you know, why do you need all of these tools? But the training that, that well, I think the academy increased to nine weeks, am I correct? Like the police academy increased from eight weeks to nine mm -hmm. weeks due to, um, Weeding out, and, and, I, and I appreciate that weeding out like the fluff, and I appreciate that. So, defunding, I mean, I, I think uh, the question is why fund? That's a good question. And I, I was gonna kind of piggyback off the defunding the police. I think when you ask people, everybody's gonna have a different opinion. But from my understanding, what people were saying was that when you defund, it's not like dismantling the, the law, law enforcement completely, it was, I guess, taking a taking some of the money from law enforcement and putting it into, into those lower income communities and trying to fix those communities to kind of help clean, clean it up and help those, help those, help those kids and the people in that environment, you know, just trying to make it better for them. Not actually, not, not absolutely just dismantling. So we don't have law enforcement at all. So I do wish, I'm not saying uh, defund it, but if there is some kind of way that we could, you know, put more money into those lower income communities for those kids that are in there that don't have those opportunities, that don't have those chances that people in, in the suburbs and those communities have. But if you defund the police department, those forms are there uh, 
those are necessary funds, and they need those funds to operate. That's like me coming into TJ Barbershop, and this is livelihood. But I say, TJ, I'm gonna defund you. I'm gonna take money away from you. So how is he gonna operate? Mm -hmm. That's right. And, and, That's and, and, and the police departments all across America now, they do not need be funded. No. Mm -hmm. like, uh, right, right now, because we're in a, uh, a state of affair that uh, we're ready to go into civil war, if you don't believe it or not, uh, a citizen against the uh, police officer, because it, it, it getting heated like that. So defunding from Democrat or Republican um, standpoint, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it, it won't be right. And that's why it was very important for me to ask what your definition of defund was. What I'm seeing now, and again, I don't like to too much get into national politics, but let me tell you what I'm seeing now. I'm seeing Washington pedal back from that word defund. Yeah. Because I think originally that was thrown out there. And when you said the word defund, the first thing that goes into a law enforcement officer's mind, speaking as a cop, I'm already struggling as it is to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. I know that we don't have the necessary technology and the training to talk about this transformational period we're going through in this country, let alone our communities in this state. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about defunding, I think we need to be refunding the police at this point in time. And what happens when, when you talk about that, cops do want the training. We do need more emphasis on mental illness, we do need to talk about that. We need to talk about de-escalation. We need to learn that communication is important when we're out here talking with the public, dealing on a, a what we call a call, you're out on a call. The best thing any law enforcement officer can do is learn to communicate better when you're allowed to do so, all right? and try to de-escalate a situation. When somebody's at an 11, bring it down to a four. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about defunding, you're taking away the opportunity to give that training. Mm -hmm. But you're also talking about tools that we apply for when it comes to grants. In order for us to get the technology we need to move forward, because I still believe we are 30 years almost behind any other department in this state, you're taking away the opportunity for me as a sheriff and for us as a, uh, an office to get the necessary necessary tools needed to make sure we can make our jobs easier and you feel safer. Mm -hmm. That's what we need. Right. Well, to think about what Carlos was saying, uh, something for our, front of our you, front of our low income housing. Mm -hmm. You mean to tell me that the United States government, much money we have, that you gave every person in America a stimulus check and you're going to do it twice. You bailed out the airline. You bailed out this. You bailed out that. And you mean to tell me you cannot find funding for affordable housing? I don't lie. It's, well, a, see, it's a political yeah. issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's that. And far as what we at today is speaking directly with him is uh, if you were the sheriff, is it possible? Like I said, we're, you see right now, we're, none of us actually believe in we should pull the money away from the police mm -hmm. and, that's, and I think that's the majority yeah, of the yeah, that's the majority of people but mm -hmm. what we feel is like uh, take it like for me when you train a guy to one or two things I think we mess up at when you label people as just subjects when you say when that subject when I go out there I say that's Jared mm -hmm. you know that's Jared mm -hmm. in a small community which I'm, I'm glad we are now Tom when you your officers come up and say look 
That is Alex. That's Alex's son. The same way it would be if that cop's brother's child, you know, got into trouble. He's drunk and driving. You're going to pick up that phone and say, hey, look at me. I got your boy down here. You need to come get him. You know, I can take him to jail, but he's drunk. He's 17 years old. He He's driving the car and he's drunk. First thing we need to do, we need to pull him out of the car. First, I'm going to give you the opportunity to come and get him. That's what you would do for your friend. Mm -hmm. that, but when you label people as subjects, it's different. Because you, you're, you're a shooter subject, mm -hmm. not think nothing else about it. But if you shoot a father or a mother or a brother or uh, a, a friend, it's different. So as in your encounter, what we would want to do is uh, get, how about we learn to get into the communities and, and talk to spend them and spend time with them and that kind yeah. of stuff. And, that, and we would want you to do that if, if elected. Two things on that. Number one, you hit the nail on the head when you said something about what you would do as if it were your brother or your sister or your friend. The fact is, is that every call you go on, when you speak with somebody, you're supposed to treat everyone fairly. Any call you go on, whether it's a domestic, whether it's an assault, whether a tragic homicide, you want to solve that case and approach that case as if that was your own family member, mm -hmm. period. That's, that's where fairness comes in and accountability. Secondly, we need to be not only investing, me as sheriff, I don't just need to invest in deputies because I want quality, not quantity. We need to be investing in the youth. We mm -hmm. need to be giving back and we need to get the community more involved. The youth is the future here in this county. And last week, I believe it was last week, we had an episode, a young entrepreneur that was on the show. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got great ideas and I wish him nothing but the best, but it, it literally hurt me to hear unions a dead end. Mm -hmm. that's why it's time for change mm -hmm. I'm so proud and, and again that's not against him I wish him the best of luck man that is a young man mm -hmm. with a bright future who has great ideas but it's that stigma and that mindset of this is the best we could ever be and I don't believe that everybody talks about how Washington and what they decide to do trickles down why can't we do what Spartanburg's doing? Why can't we do what Greenville's doing? You know what? Just as much as something can trickle down, what we do in union can trickle out. And people can look at us as an example for once. And we can do that collectively together as communities and as a team. Yeah. But at the same time, Mr. Trump, and you're exactly right, the sheriff-elect will have to have him and his deputy to form a personal relationship with the community. Mm -hmm. That's right. And what I say, say that is, the, the police don't need to come when you call. They need to come on other days when they don't call. Yeah, they, they need to come to, mm -hmm. the, to the community to form a relationship with that community. Yeah. And oftentimes, the police just only come when they call. Yeah. And when you're doing that, which is, I, li I like that idea, and it will help the police, it will help the police out in general because if I know that you come in my neighborhood and I see one thing we got to get the mindset of that don't stick snitch rule. I mean, that's just ridiculous mm -hmm. when it comes to the point where I see your mama, J-Rock, I see your mother, and I see some guys breaking into your mom's house. I'm supposed to protect them. I'm supposed to be loyal to them guys breaking into your mother's house who have nothing to do with the streets. You know, so as a community, we must instill in our children. I want the parents to understand this. We must, we, we got to 
be like what you just said, pick back off what you said. You get into the community and now, okay, we tell our nephews and our brothers and sisters and friends, coworkers, we see what you're doing. You need to stop. You do that first. You keep doing that. And then now when they go over and hit somebody, an old woman over here with a broom or I mean with a bat and leave her for dead, oh, we loyal to him? No. So now when the police are in our community, you know, in our town, in our home, now we're connected to the fact where, hey, boy, might want to go turn yourself in because you know what you did wrong. You need to handle that. You called his mom. She need to handle that. Then now she can take that boy there and get him help for, for, to where he won't make those stupid decisions again. And then that's when law enforcement is really, really needed. Not to just go around picking on people who are not doing nothing, but people who are actually doing things. Y'all remember a while back when the uh, the guy went out in the uh, uh, street and he killed his old man because his girlfriend was mad. And he shot the old man and said, this is for you, Jolene. And the man was like, I don't need Jolene. And that nobody tried to stand up for that guy. We was like, you need to get him. But he ended up killing his own self. But we're like, you need to arrest him because what he did is wrong. We got to have that same mentality. On the street, when somebody's out there doing something they have no business doing, and don't blame the police for for doing that. There's a question um, from Mr. Wilson. Um, thoughts on a civilian review board? That's what we was talking about. Yeah, yeah. I got it right here. Yeah. That's yeah. number thirteen. I got it right here. I don't. I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Look again. There's a lot to be said about contrast and transparency. I'm going to be honest with you. I think a lot of our issues could be solved if we sat down in a room, no cameras, no video, be raw, be real. Let's talk about the things, not just leaders in the community, but leaders in law enforcement too. We've got to hash this thing out. Before we can stand up, make a change and make a difference, we first have to sit down. We have to do that collectively. And that's what I'm looking forward to doing. I want to be able to reach out and have community leaders come together with law enforcement leaders, and not just leaders, but deputies too. Get together, let's talk about these things. And I'll talk a little bit later on on community, um, yeah. quarterly community uh, statistic uh, meetings. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Mm -hmm. so, so basically guys, from that, because I want to follow the viewers here. Uh, so far we've discussed about uh, the vision of union where Union is now, the mindset of Union, the views towards the police of Union. Um, and, and to sum up, you know, I think it's to give respect, to get respect here, yes, you sir. know. Uh, sometimes people may feel that uh, the police aren't really for me, particularly people of color, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then other people may say, oh, I'm gonna be all right, he's gonna let me go, this is my guy here. So speaking, speaking to the future of Union, guys, um, when it comes to operational excellence as a sheriff's department and operational excellence as the Union County governs um, from the county, your tier, your direct source to finding out what's going on in each county will be your county council, each, each district in that county, right? Correct. So when it comes to dealing with the voices, how do you, how do you act on the feedback that you're giving? How do you how do you assess the need of the community based off these meetings that you just mentioned? You listen. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, that's what's most important about these meetings. 
we have to listen. You can talk at one another all day long and we can talk about positive, which is great because I don't think there's enough of that. We need to be talking about the positive. But if you come at me with a negative, bring a solution with you. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. I want to listen. That's just like earlier when I asked, you know, what is the funding to you? I wanted to hear what you had to say about that because that matters to me. If I'm able to sit down and listen to some of the real issues that you feel are happening in your community that's going on, that helps me help you. And that's all I want to do. That's a part of trying to make Union a safer place to live for our families, a safer place to work, and to give you something to be proud of and be able to say, I live in Union. This is what we do. Okay. Okay. So you, here we go. This is a, this is a lot for you guys. Maybe, maybe not. Um, there's been a lot of police brutality in the country, right? And just like uh, out here in uh, Minnesota, uh, Union could become the center of seeing the nation overnight based off an incident that happened that got recorded. What is your stance on preventing police brutality in situations like that, you know? This all goes back to training. Okay, I can tell you right now. Let's take, for instance, the George Floyd, uh, the George Floyd incident, because you, meant, you mentioned Minneapolis. We are not, by any means, in this state, and I can't think of any other, but I, all I can speak on is South Carolina. We are not taught a chokehold. That man was murdered. Okay, let's just put it out there. It is what it is. You have to have the training in place to know that this is how you handle a situation. Not only did that one individual put that man in a chokehold, you had others that stood by. Listen, I don't care if I'm fired, terminated, written up, whatever. That individual would have been kicked off that subject. I do not stand by and let something like that happen. All right. So bottom line is, is you've got to hold officers and deputies accountable. And in order to do that, you got to make sure that you're setting forth policies that bring about change to those incidents and those issues that matter. And when you have a deputy or officer that does that, you make sure you take immediate action. And that means, you know, at that point in time, that's termination, yeah. period. And, and, and then you turn it over to the state. You let them you let them handle that situation. And I think one of my issues I, I've had with, with law enforcement is I think sometimes we are uh, we need to be proactive instead of reactive. I don't I hate to see them like ban a chokehold after we see something like that happen with George Floyd or in Louisville. Where, where uh, the young lady, the name just slipped my mind, where they, Breonna Taylor, yeah, they went in there and, and shot and killed her in their own home. It's like, then they pass these laws after something like that happens. I feel like we need to be more proactive instead of just waiting for these issues to happen. Correct. They go with sensitivity training. Sensitivity training. They go with that. Throughout America, that I can be riding in the neighborhood but just because of the color of my skin mm -hmm. that I could possibly die that night. Mm -hmm. We had over 200 deaths of uh, police killing African Americans. Mm -hmm. okay. But if they had the sensitivity training, mm -hmm. we can save a whole lot of lives. Mm -hmm. Our that's, a, a, a person that's got a kid, seven, seven shots in the back. Mm -hmm. That's right off the rip. If the training was there to follow up and do things in a formal manner as they've been taught, you can save a whole lot of lives. 
And I want to piggyback on what he just said. You know, a lot of people will ask you, and, and I've been approached, listen, I'm a white man and cannot tell you what it's like to be an African-American out here. I, I can't. Let's just be honest here. Let's mm -hmm. be raw. Me getting stopped by a law enforcement officer, I see the blue lights behind me in my personal vehicle. The first thing you do is what? Okay, what did I do? Uh, what am I doing? Okay, uh, speeding, I guess, maybe. Okay. So this officer or this deputy is going to walk up to me and they're going to say, hey, this is the reason for the stop. And at that point, the only thing I've got to worry about is the fact that, okay, am I going to get a ticket or am I going to get a, or am I going to get a warrant? In order to understand what a male or female African-American persuasion feels, once that stop is made, this is how it's explained to me. Because again, I have brothers in blue that are African-American. All right. How is it I'm supposed to have their back in the field, but not feel the pain that they're going through and have their back outside of that uniform and that mm -hmm. badge? Mm -hmm. So what you then have is a situation where, and again, I can't understand it and comprehend it because again, I'm not African-American, but once you get stopped, not only do you have the thought of, all right, what's the reason for the stop? Mm -hmm. I can't even begin to tell you what you're thinking mm -hmm. after that. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand that. That again comes in with training. Mm -hmm. That's what is so important that we need to bring to law enforcement at this point in time. My son, he uh, actually was driving uh, and he was by our state bank and he being—he was 17 years old at the time and uh, he got pulled over uh, and the police walked over to him and he said, uh, Oh, wrong guy. You know, wrong guy. He said, we're looking for a female. Uh, she she robbed the bank. You know, she did something. And 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 to him, him being 17 years old and not into politics or nothing like that, when he come to tell me and said, Dad, you know, I just got pulled over by a police, my heart dropped. You know, and he said, I said, what did he do? He said, he walked over and he said, oh, we're looking for this the right car that we're looking for, but we're looking for a female. And I was just thinking, like, what if that would have been the mm -hmm. right guy? Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the you know was a guy and all that and stuff. But what if he had a female in the car with him? It wasn't there. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It, 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 it's scary, you know, because the fact. Though, but I really appreciate what you just said. The fact that understanding it and talking—that's what mm -hmm. needs to take place. We can beat each other up, and like I said, I don't. I was talking to a friend of mine and he told me the exact same thing. I went to school with this guy and I'm not going to ask you to get into this. I'm going to say it myself. And uh, he said, well, all lives matter. And I knew this guy personally. And I said, buddy, I, I, I responded to him. I said, oh, you know, I grew up with you. I knew your dad. Me and you went to school together. I said, just be more sensitive of what you say. And uh, he's just like, I'm just gone. So I ran across him last week and he walked over to me and he said, uh, you still mad at me? I said, no, I'm not mad at you. I wasn't mad at you then. I just want you to understand. But I had to listen to him because he told me, he was like, I was a, uh, I come from a, a family who were owned by other people. You know, they was in district service, mm -hmm. you know, and I, it took me a second to listen to him to realize I don't know what it's like to be white. You know, and at the end of the day, we got to sit down and we got to talk to each other.
when people say defund the police, like you said, you asked us what that meant. And you saw nobody here thought that we want you to take all the training away from Union County. Mm -hmm. But what we want to do is retrain and train differently to the point where we could have people known as people instead of subjects. And when mm -hmm. you really need to take uh, force and stuff, it be there. You know, because if somebody's breaking in my house, first thing I'm doing, I'm going to grab my piece. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to have my wife call 911. I want them guys there. But then sometimes I think, sometimes I don't want to call the police because I know what can happen. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. It goes sideways, you know. So, but what you said, just are you willing to sit down and talk to us even after the election, like, you know, to make this place better? That's human, yeah. Well, see, they, uh, uh, Mr. Tom or Mr. Uh, Baby, they would not, at this point in time, they would not have no choice but to talk to the citizens of Union County. Uh, they, they will have, it, it's, it, it's, it, it's not a question if, you know, it's yeah. a question when they get elected. We gonna we, talk to we, you. We, we gonna talk to you. Yeah. And, 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 and it comes with that accountability. It's a difference between title holder and title worker. Some mm -hmm. people got titles, but you ain't, you ain't doing the work. You have to do the work with the title that you bestowed on you. So he, uh, Mr. Baby, become sheriff. They become sheriff to all the people of Union County. Yeah. All the people of Union County. Yeah. And so they got to treat everybody on fairly on the equal. Uh, right. And that's and that's one thing that I'm proud to be able to say that I've got a proven good track record when it comes to my work, my career. I've always treated everyone with the same respect fairly. My record will speak for itself. It really will. I, that's me speaking for me. Can't speak for anyone else. I'm talking about my record. It speaks for itself. And I'm proud of it. I'm proud to be able to say that there's not an agency that I could apply for that I worked for beforehand and they wouldn't take me back. You know, I, I'm, I'm proud of that. But to that, we have to be involved, not just now, not just sitting around this table for this interview prior to November 3rd. We've got to stick with this. Like I said earlier, I'm not just running now. I'm going to continue to run through November 3rd, through January 23rd, through 2021, 2022, if, if I'm blessed with that opportunity. You're going to see me be involved in our communities because that's what it takes to make things happen. How important is it, uh, kind of going back to like police brutality, is it for law enforcement when we when they see these injustices <clears throat> to speak out against these? Because a lot of times it seems like in certain situations they do speak out, but a lot of times they just join arms and they band together instead of like speaking out and saying this is wrong. Because I feel like it's important because when something bad happens in, in somewhere else, that put, still puts your life in danger just as much because people look at some people look at cops like, OK, it paints a picture like all oh, cops are bad, which we know they're not. Right. But how important is it for you guys working in law enforcement to speak out when you see these injustices? I think it's very important. The reason for that is because you're wanting to make sure that the right thing is being done. That's what I'm looking for, not only for, as, uh, for a deputy. I'm looking at that. I'm looking at that from our neighbors. 
I'm looking at if you see something done wrong, call us. And trust me, I understand completely that in order to get trust, you have to show trust and you have to continue that effort. You have to on all levels, every community. Now, you want to make sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you report these things without retaliation because it's true. That's just like anywhere you work. It doesn't matter if it's law enforcement. It doesn't matter uh, if it's some corporation, some bank. It could be a distribution center. There's sometimes you're going to see something that's wrong and they feel like, well, I'm, there's going to be retaliation if I say something, that there's no outlet for them to talk. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is. Make sure you discuss these things because if you don't, this could be somebody else. And then you're going to feel bad at the end of the day because you didn't do your job and you didn't do what you were supposed to do yeah. to either help save a life or make sure that you led by example and said, don't do that. Yeah. Speak up, speak out. I will be um, uh, in a couple of weeks going with and I'll be 50 on uh, my next birthday. But just recently, this year right here, that all my life, that the good old boy system has played a role in Denny County. The good old boy system has played a role in Denny County. If we have a sheriff or lady, Mr. Tom or Mr. Davis, that can deal with the good old boy system in Union County, and then you have yourself a hellified leader if they can control and discipline the good old boy system. Define good old boy in a sense, if somebody don't know. Like define, just give me a basic example. Well, when it comes to police in this town, it's me and TJ on the police force. I know TJ was wrong. I know he he stopped this individual. And he went overboard. But since me and TJ buddies, I'm gonna turn my back. Okay. Good mm -hmm. old boy sister. I stop somebody and I get an S amount of dollars from them. TJ was gonna turn this into the police force and then we're gonna keep this back. Good old boy mm -hmm. sister. Okay. You know? Okay. And, and, and you don't have that right leadership there, the good old boy system will tear. In a, in a, I was going to say, I'm sorry to cut you off before you get into it. I'm glad you said it because I pulled a quote from you in Daily Times with Tom, you were saying, and when you were making your speech, your announcement about running, and you said you wanted, one of the things you want to do is provide opportunities for deputies, deputies to train for advancement more than any other sheriff in the history of this office and rid the office of the good old boy structure. So how, how would you clean that up? From February, the moment I announced, I stood behind it then and I stand behind it now. It, it's not just in the office or was in the office. I'm about moving forward. Y'all, the good old boy system exists outside that office. We're talking about individuals that have influence inside that office and have for many, many years. My platform and my campaign earlier this, earlier this year, let me just go ahead and be, let me be forthcoming on this. I could have easily ran as one of the Democratic candidates. Why? I'm answering that question. Why well, could I easily run as a Democrat? Union wins Democrat. Democrat. Yeah, Democrat. Yeah, yeah. I was the only person that had the guts to be honest about where I stood and let you know immediately who I was from the start. Yeah. I'm running as a moderate conservative, so I'm going to run as a Republic, uh, Republican candidate. Okay. 
The reason I'm doing that is because in, because trust me, people tried to talk me into running as a Democrat. They did all day long. And there's nothing wrong with that. If, if, if you vote Democrat, that's fine. If you vote Republican on a national and state level, that's fine. But we have reached a time where individuals are beginning to see this as a slap in the face. Yeah. This is not what you truly believe. This is not who you really are. It wasn't my choice to stand there alone, but I did. And I'm proud I did. And the good old boy system runs off of a good old boy mindset. That good old boy system that's had a grip in that courthouse, I promise you, I'm breaking it. I ain't gonna shake it. You gonna do that? Mm, yes, sir. <laughs> it's gone. I believe in people earning the spots they have. Our sheriff's office doesn't have an interview panel board. Anywhere you go, whether it's the corporate world or any other police department, they've got panel interview boards to where these deputies and these employees that you're going to potentially hire, they have the opportunity to explain to you and talk to you why they should be hired. We need to set something like that up at the sheriff's office so that we can get rid of the good old boy system. Set up a structure based off of deeds and hard work, showing that you deserve that spot, not giving it to you because you've been there for 15, right. 20 years. That's not how it works. If somebody, if tomorrow TJ were to walk in, okay, and, and Alex had been there 10 years, I can see personally that TJ would be able to get information out of somebody during an investigation better than Alex. No offense, Alex. I want TJ in that investigative spot. And interview TJ. Interview Alex. Give everybody an opportunity to interview for that spot. And the individual that you know deserves it because of the work they put forward, that's who gets it, and that's how you destroy the good old boy system. Okay. So, 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 so earn, not giving. Earn, not giving. Uh, Tom, that, that, that's a that, that's a big task as a uh, as a potential sheriff. What other positives will you bring as a sheriff to your county? You know, besides disrupting the good old boy, besides I mean, besides uh, setting up the community engagement leadership. You know, personally, what will the what would the Tom McAbee brand be? Here in this town, you know that you see, that that you want to portray out to people. I want to portray that you can come to us. I want to portray the fact that you will be able to walk in, speak to us. I want to be able to portray deputies that are willing to get out of the car and let you know who they are. We want to mm -hmm. let deputies know you on a first name basis. We want you to know them on a first name basis. I want to be able to make this town and this county safe. I want individuals to be able to prosper in this town. I want to better utilize taxpayer dollars that y'all deserve to put forth toward deputies, give them the tools and technology and training they need. I've even said it before and I'll say it again. I'm willing to take a cut in my salary to see to it that we can be competitive with other departments, give them the raises they need, get them the tools they need, do what I can, but most importantly, be accessible to you guys. I'm going to be a working sheriff. You're going to see me out there. I'm not going to be behind a desk 12 hours, eight hours a day. Don't get me wrong. There is an administrative side that has to be taken care of because we're talking about, you know, what a, a $2.4, $2.5 million budget we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. So you have to take care of those things, but we're a small department and to not have a working sheriff 
We can't afford not to. And with my experience, my proven experience in the field, in leadership in the field, on day one, I'm able to get out there and sign on. And you're going to hear Union 100, I'm 1041. Mm -hmm. And I can get out there, I can make arrests, I can get out there and go to scenes, I can try to de-escalate situations and do what we can to make things better. I think we had a question over here. Yeah, um, I have a question. Okay. Um, just being realistic about how things are, you have different types, different groups of individuals out here when it comes to voting. You have a set of people who are going to say, I don't care, I'm not voting for either one of them because they're not going to change anything. No, that's going to be the same thing. You have that set of people. You mm -hmm. have a set of people who, as you say, I'm going to vote because you're a Democrat or because you're a Republican, which it should go based off character because this person is going to be over a department, you know, over a whole county, you know, office of officers. It's, it's, a care, it's more of a character thing rather than political because you are patrolling this county. These people, our children, our brothers and sisters, everyone. And as you say, you know, that community relations, that's a big thing, you know, especially in a small town. And my question is what exactly is gonna set you apart from what we've already had, other than those things that you listed? Like what's gonna convince, you know, the individuals who feel like Oh, nothing's going to change. What will convince them? I have a mission, not an agenda, not an old agenda. I have a fresh set of eyes and a new mindset. One of the things that speak loudly about that is you already know where I stand. When I was supposed to be behind the odds and I didn't stand a chance, that alone should let you know that I mean what I say. I say what I mean. I was taught a long time ago that you don't make promises that you can't keep. And people respect you a heck of a lot more if you're upfront and honest about mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. What sets me apart from people of the past is I'm tired of living in the past and it's time to move forward with forward thinking, a positive mindset, but a mission to accomplish. And that's to steer this office into a new direction in a transformational period that is pivotal, not only in this county, but in our nation. What's, what's the best way to hold these people, like you said, with all the tax dollars and everything that was going on in the courthouse? What's the best way to hold these people accountable? And, I, and honestly, I think us as the community, we have to take part of the blame also because, like I said, we, we, do, we don't do enough due diligence as, as looking into the candidates. We vote them in and then sometimes we turn our heads and then we just wait and just let them do whatever once they get elected. But how do we hold these people accountable when they do get in office? And if and say you do get elected sheriff, how do we come to you? We may not get directly to you, but somebody close to you and say, hey, this is what we need in our community. How do we hold you accountable to that? You sit me down and you talk to me, just like we're doing right now. You know, a lot of people, it's an old saying, the proof's in the pudding. Okay, there's, there's, there's checks and balances to everything. Whenever you start to see progress, you know that it's working. It's just like anything else. If somebody were to decide to take a new direction in a company, in any business, you see progress. And when you see progress, that's the positive side of things. That's when you know that your tax dollars are actually going uh, toward that office and toward the betterment and the future of your communities 
our county and the future of the youth. I mean, that, that, that's something that we have to do as checks and balances. When you see the progress and the results, that is when you'll know that change is truly happening. All right. We have a question. Yeah. Question from Mr. Uh, Skip, Skip Walton. Thank you for tuning in. His question was, with the dismantling of the good old boy system already established in Union County, do you ant anticipate making an immediate changes if elected? What I plan to do is this. I'm going to say this out there because there were a lot of rumors that went around uh, when several of the candidates announced. Guys, this last year, I, I can't begin to tell you how upsetting and how much the deputies have been through. Not just the deputies, but the employees. There was a lot going on this year. So I'm going to say this. I'm not firing anybody. Let me go ahead and put that out mm -hmm. there right now. I'm not firing anybody. I'm not the type of person that's going to sit there and take somebody's meal away from their table. Restructuring is what's going to occur. Mm -hmm. That is going to be the restructuring deal. I'm bringing back a true chain of command to that office. Employees will either see this vision and stay with it. They will be held accountable at the jobs and positions that they have. Not only am I expendable, any of us can be expendable down there, okay? So the best way to look at it is this. Set forth the bar. Let them know the mission. Be firm and, and stand behind what it is you're trying to accomplish. If they're with the program, welcome. If you're not, you're not. And that's the way it is. We have to go in and set it up the way it will best work for the administration of the vision that I have. For most people, what would you say to them when they, because a lot of people vote, say Democrat, Republican, they all make us promises that they can't keep. What what would you necessarily say is the difference between like a Democrat and a Republican? Like, or, or to you, are they, like some people say they're all the same, but what would you say that sets them apart? Nowadays, it really depends on what the issue is and what the topic is. You know, that's like uh, a lot of people say, well, Democrats are completely anti-police, and, and I don't believe that. Do I believe that there's been uh, divisiveness in rhetoric, literature, and the way some have spoken out against law enforcement? Yes. Do I think that there's been divisiveness and, and incorrect and wrong things being said on our end too? Absolutely. But it, it, it's all, it all goes back to being able to sit down in that room with leaders from both sides Sit down, hash it out, be raw, be real, because that's the only way things are going to change. Let's talk about As you know, I ran uh, Mr. Carl Jiggins' campaign, mm -hmm. and uh, we pay about 170 votes. And if there had been 108 votes, he'd be sitting in this chair now. But my question is to you, and I know you say you're looking for the person for the best person for the job. But if elected, can you look at more uh, African Americans getting uh, elevated to higher heights? Absolutely. And I think that's something that is missing from the sheriff's office right now. There's not enough diversity. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that to pander to anybody. Mm -hmm. It's a fact. It's the truth. And the thing that I feel is most important when we give opportunities, I'd love to be able to give opportunities to individuals here within the community. They deserve a shot first. 
I really believe that. Listen, I don't want to have to look outside of this county. If you have to, you have to. Don't get me wrong. But we have able-bodied individuals or those that are qualified here within our own hometown. Give them the shot first if they deserve it. And that's the way I look at it. And I think that we need to be more diverse in the sheriff's office. We need to have more representation of our communities. And that's why I say this. If you, I'm going to say this loud and clear. If you see something wrong and you don't like what you see, I will bring you that application myself. Stand up. Join us. If you see something wrong, help us make it right. And, you know, piggybacking off what you just said, I, I, I definitely agree. And there needs to be diversity in all offices. Absolutely. At, and, you know, because like I said last show, you have many offices in union that I don't feel like you could represent me because you don't understand me to, to stand and speak for me. Um, that, that community relationship is a plus, but you also need, if you get pulled over, let's say for instance, we get pulled over by a black cop and you're black, you may not feel as threatened no. offhand. No. You know, um, if, if I'm a woman and I get pulled over at night by a woman, I may not feel as threatened. Right. You know, sometimes you need that diversity as well for for just and and if I'm calm and you approach me as an officer, I'm calm because I don't feel threatened. That that you know that de escalates a lot. And that's and that's what's important about communication. It is. It's like you said a moment ago. In a perfect world, you would feel safe knowing that we don't see color. Yeah. We don't see we don't see sex. We don't see that you're male or female or the color of your skin in a perfect world. But the fact is you have expressed that you do feel uncomfortable at times or could feel uncomfortable. So that's why I say it is important to have diversity. It is. Because in those moments, even, even if I as a white police officer stop you as an African-American female, the first thing I want to do is make you feel comfortable and safe. The last thing in the world, and the one thing that I don't do, is ever escalate something. If I make a choice to stop a car, whether you're right or in the, well, nine times out of ten, if I stop you, you're in the wrong. <laughs> Let's just say what it is, okay? You treat everyone fairly. If I'm going to, and anybody can attest to this, they can tell you who've worked with me. If I've stopped you for speeding, all right? If my mindset was, I'm going to write this individual a contact and a warning, it doesn't matter how angry you get at me. It doesn't matter how upset you are. My job is to de-escalate and continue to write that contact and that warning because that's what I intended to do to begin with. Your attitude doesn't change things. It's my attitude that does. I'm supposed to make you feel, hey, look, this is routine. This is why I stopped you. Continue to go forward. Don't have that attitude of, well, they've just done this, so I'm just going to scratch out tickets. One question for you. In the, in, in the United States right now, people are using these mm -hmm. to record police officers. What's your stance on that? How does that make you feel that somebody's recording you doing your job on that? Like, like what is that for you? I'm comfortable. You're comfortable and, 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 here, and here's why. We are supposed to be utilizing the same thing that's attached to our bodies, yeah. okay? 
That I think has been the most important tool in the last 25, 30 years in law enforcement has been body cameras. I am pro body camera. And I think that it is unacceptable, like any technology, like, okay, at any given moment, this speaker that we're speaking off, of, it could stop mm-hmm. or it can. Mm-hmm. However, it, for you to come to me and say, well, I didn't activate my body camera. I got a problem with that yeah. as everyone in this room should. Okay. So if somebody comes to me and they're recording, I'm going to do my job the same way I would, whether or not they're recording or not. If they're, if they're, if they're, if they're yelling at me, doing whatever, I have to focus on what I'm doing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cause my job at the end of the day, they may be there. It's easy. Call for backup. That's fine. I have to have somebody watch my back while I'm trying to take care of this situation. Mm -hmm. Right. It is important to make sure that we document, video document, just as well as we do document on paper. I got a question. We have a lot of issues where, uh, you know, you got unsolved cases here. And we just can't keep having unsolved cases because it never stops nobody accountable. So if a situation comes about somebody lose their life, okay. Now, somebody calls in a tip and say, such and such, well, we heard such and such did that. Now, what ends up happening is police want that person to come in here right now, do this and that and all that. That's not their job. If you get that, if your officer get that tip that somebody came in, robbed TJ and killed TJ, uh, I'm dead. And somebody, and, and people know on the street who did it. Now, if they give you the name of TJ's brother killed him, you know, and his brother, oh, no, I didn't. And you get that same story from 15 or 20 other people. Nine times out of 10, it may be true. Now, do you expect your deficit to get out there and do the work to solve that case or just sit back and wait for somebody to come and and tell them how that works? To solve the case, you follow the leads. To solve the case, you have to have the evidence that you can take and put forward to make any charge. And this is why I feel like community is very important. Now, I get sometimes we get Crime Stopper tips, but I can only go off of what's concrete. It's one of those things where you're like, we know who did it. We know who did it. But we have to continue to dig and fight and get those leads to come into where we can build that case and make it solid because we don't want it to end with that warrant being being signed, okay? We don't want to we don't want it to end there. You deserve justice. And we want to make sure that you get the justice you deserve, you and your family deserve. So the answer to that is we continue to chase down leads. We don't give up. Just like these unsolved cases. I'm not giving up. I'd like to put a fresh set of eyes on these old cases because it is time to move forward with a fresh set of eyes. Guys, these investigators get new cases every day. They do. And it's hard to say, and and, and it's sad to say, there are times that communication's not had. I mean, it's not that they're not trying to, but you got to think these investigators probably get five and six cases put across their desk every day. I would love to put a cold case detective on the job for these cold cases because they need to be able to concentrate on these things. So my job is to make sure 
that these crimes, especially something as tragic as that, is followed. Follow those leads no matter what, because we want to solve it. We we have to get ready to wrap it up shortly. But I have one more question, oh, Mr. Smith. I, I I haven't asked you anything all night. I, from I know you're heavily involved in the community. So from what you're hearing, what are some of the demands that you feel that you feel they have elected Mr. Maccabee? What would you come to him with some demands like this is what I'm hearing in our community. This is what we need. What would you say are some of the things that you hear that our community needs? And then Tom, I'll let you respond to his answer. Whether it be Tom or Mr. Tom or Mr. Bailey. First thing that, uh, matter of fact, whoever get elected, I would be at the dancing uh, next couple of weeks, uh, setting up things in uh, my community, community service, community involvement, quality meetings. Uh, uh, and, and, and we know as a share, but he can't be everywhere. But that's why you have a number two man, a number three man. That's why you have deputies. And someone need to be in these communities representing every three months. Someone in Kelton, someone in Carlisle, someone in Lockett, someone in Jonesville. No matter what the cross keys, no matter what the situation is, you need to have a deputy there every three months, and they need to be reported back uh, to whoever the sheriff is. And that was the idea that I was going to bring up, and, and this will wrap it up. The, the, the court, well, y'all are at This is y'all's point. <laughs> Quarterly Cronstadt meetings, okay? In larger cities, they have something known as Comstat. And this is where they're able to put up on a big projector screen where certain crimes have been committed in that area or that zone. That is what I want to implement in each community. Let's say, for instance, Cross Keys. I want to be able to go every quarter to these or my uh, chief deputy to be able to go to these meetings and say, okay, we're looking up on this board. This crime was committed. This crime was committed at this location, this location, this location. The more that you get the community involved in seeing that, they actually look up and say, man, that's just two houses down for me. I didn't realize that place was burglarized. This gets you more involved in your community. It lets you know who your neighbors are. And then word spreads that, hey, this is what they're doing. They're actually trying to help us make this safer. This is where the community comes in play. If the, if the cases are unsolved, but we have, a, we have the vehicle, we know what vehicle was seen in that area, we pass it along to you. And then you're able to call in and say, hey, look, this car was parked at this house and it's been there. We know nobody lives at that house. But you already have that thought and you already know that a crime or these crimes have been committed in your neighborhood. And that's how we start to get the community involved again, by showing them where it's happening. We have one final question from Mr. John Glenn. Thank you for tuning in, John. His question was, what is your plan to build trust, community trust again? Having to show that I want to be there, period. You've got to show that you're willing to get out. And that's the importance of being a working sheriff. I can't build that trust if I'm in an office behind that desk. Right. Can't do it. An administrative sheriff is not going to change things in this county. Getting out there, being seen, doing what needs to be done to build that trust is what it's going to take. And I'm going to be a working sheriff on day one. Absolutely. Well, Mr. McAbee and Mr. Smith, we want to thank you, gentlemen, for taking the time to come sit with us. And like I was saying earlier, for so long, we elect these people in office, but we don't know what they look like. We don't know what they're going to do for us. We just give them our vote and we don't demand anything from them. So it was important for us. We felt like we would, we would be shortchanging the people in the other community if we didn't have you on. And like I was saying, this platform is for everybody. It's not just for Republicans, not just for Democrats. 
we want somebody who's everybody that's going to come on and speak about the good that they can do for our community because in the times we have right now it's so important so we want to thank you again and mr smith thank you for taking the time to come in and thank you for all the work that you're doing in our communities and uh we just want to thank both of you gentlemen and for everyone that's tuning in we want to thank you if you didn't get a chance to watch this live make sure you go back and you can find us on spotify iHeartRadio, soundcloud pandora youtube Amazon Music, which we just added, and also you can find it on my website, Carlos K. Smith. So hopefully everyone enjoyed this episode. Until next time, keep chasing your dreams. This is a union. It's time we talk. Thank you for watching.